0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson, and I'm joined once again by fellow editor Ben Zadell. Ben, how are you tonight? Doing good. How about you, Kirk? You know, I'm I'm okay. I'm making it through the weekend. We had a little Mavs Moneyball gathering on Friday night, and I was sick going into it, but then got sicker because I couldn't help myself by having. We had fun. We we're outside watching uh, the the preseason game on a big uh, big blow up screen. It was nice. Got to meet some people that we've only talked through. It was it was a good time. Yeah. And I now I'm I'm really uh, jazzed for for basketball. Great food, um, by the way great oh yeah yeah intrinsic barbecue was where we got uh uh food from it was was outstanding um really been good on the leftovers too uh really recommend the cream corn how's that for random to start a podcast (laughs) um all right so we've done two player preview podcast shows so far kind of the guys that we wrote about and our staff did a wonderful job this off season and turned in all like 16 player previews for the guys that we were you know, knew that we we're going to be on the roster. Um, the only guy we're not going to end up talking about, I think, is Tyler Dorsey, who I am not sure makes it through the week as a Maverick. Um, ben wrote about him, but that kind of is what it is. Uh, then what we're going to do is kind of go through and finish up the with the five players that we haven't um, that we haven't hit on yet. So let's just kind of jump right into it. So the first guy, uh, he, his his article is one of the lead articles on mavsmoneyball.com today is Dwight Powell, who. Has, he's the longest-serving Maverick, uh, serving. And he's been with the team since the trade uh, that got that netted the Mavericks Rajon Rondo uh, way back when, and you know he's just been sort of a stalwart in the lineup. He's played a ton of minutes. He's really high on like the all-time Mavs games played list um and this year from what we're sort of seeing it looks like this might be the first year in a few years where he has a a bit of a role reduction and to be quite honest with you Ben i have no idea what to expect from dwight powell other than the fact that i think he will probably play more than most people think what do you what do you think i think if you
1: look at the preseason game on friday that seemed like a dress rehearsal for a regular season game that seemed maybe their rotation and yeah it seems like Dwight Powell's not going to be a huge part of it um that being said I've said that before I've thought maybe his role will get reduced you know 3 or 4 times over the years and instead sometimes it actually uh, goes up um so yeah it's like you're saying i don't know how to predict what his role is going to be on this team um simply because uh he, he and luca do have some pretty good uh chemistry on the offensive end but he's just such a turnstile on the defensive end despite him he does everything right
0: you know despite he, he he's in those places he's supposed to be he just doesn't he's have... really good on the perimeter it's yeah. just once you like the closer you get to the rim the more obvious it's like well oh dwight powell's there i'm going to score
1: Yeah, he just doesn't have the size
0: to really bother
1: guys on the inside. And so um, with Jason Kidd's, you know, defensive mentality, I just don't see. Now now that he's got some guys, I think he kind of played Dwight Powell more than he wanted to last season out of necessity. Uh, Their big man depth is a lot better this year. And so I think uh, you're just going to see that. Finally, that reduced role uh, that a lot of people have wanted. Uh, Again, you you know, who knows what the season brings, but I just can't see a big uh, space for him in the rotation this year
0: which you know okay let's go look at last year like throughout his career he's averaged just under 20 minutes a game so i think some of this is like expectations where we feel like he plays more than he does and i think that's largely because he's an iron man i mean he played 82 games last year uh and started a ton of them so we're just really used to seeing a lot of dwight powell and it's it's you know in 2018-19 he played 77 games like the last couple of years he's played a little bit less as he's had some some injury issues um and and things like that but it's if if he goes down like last year he played 22 minutes i expect him to play 10 to 15 minutes so and probably fewer games overall um where they don't need him night in and night out but when we say role reduction, it's it's kind of hard to really talk about what that means because so I think some people think he's just going to go away, whereas I think he sort of fades to a back part of the bench and gets to play a little bit, uh, you know, with – particular lineups and they're going to really experiment to see how 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 he works and how he doesn't because the one thing that you'll that that you you have to say about dwight powell is that he does what he is coached to do it is sort of a physical limitations a size limitation thing that you talked about for example he's real high hips yeah um so i just think he he he's a real high center of gravity so he just gets kind of bodied easily but you know he's on an expiring deal i think a lot of people believe he's going to get shipped out in some sort of trade but I mean, we've thought that for years, and there's yeah. just I, I just, I, I sort of assumed Dwight Powell is like going to end up with a, like his his like uh, jersey in the rafters. So he's just <laughs> been a part of the team forever.
1: Well, I, I said he's going to be the Mavs' as Haslam. Mm. Like that seems to be the way it's going. Is he's just going to still be on the team, you know, on that 15th roster spot or something, just collecting a paycheck to be a technical coach? You know, I love it.
0: I love it. Um, Well, there's not really much more to say for, for mm-hmm. Powell at the moment. We'll see. I mean, maybe he gets an expanded role if, if things go sideways. It's nice to have him as depth insurance. I will yeah. say that because we know what we're going to get when it comes to Dwight Powell. Sometimes a lot of cardio, <laughs> but he sets hard screens and he plays hard and there's value to that. Thanks. Um Coming up next is is probably the guy... One of he's probably like my one B X factor for these Dallas Mavericks, and that's uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie joined the Mavericks last season as part of the Kristaps Porzingis trade, uh, and he had really one of the great. Uh, let's see how many games he played. It was a it was a twenty three game stretch with the Dallas Mavericks where he played some of the best basketball of his entire career. Uh, He shot 40% from three. He shot 50% from the floor. He was really magnificent in helping the Mavericks go all the way up and and secure the seed that they did for the playoffs. And with Jalen Brunson gone, I think there's a lot of expectation for Denwitty, and I don't know how to contextualize that expectation because the player I have seen going back to his, you know, he's he's 28 years old or 29 years old, uh, and, and going back to his rookie year in Detroit, uh, you know, so he didn't play too much his first two seasons. He really started to break out with with the Nets in sixteen seventeen. He's just he's he's an inconsistent player. Um, I, I don't I don't know how to say that without being disrespectful because I don't mean to be. It's it's just I, I, at the moment I feel like the expectations for Spencer Dinwiddie are sort of off the charts high. Where are you with he at, him at the moment? Yeah, I I think he'll be fine in the sense
1: of the regular season. Uh, you know, it, it's a question of was that regular season splits that once he came to Dallas, is that going to be his season or something approximating that? Or is it going to be more like the playoffs? Is that what we're going to see from Spencer Dinwiddie? And and the, the true thing is it's probably going to be somewhere in between. You know, mm. um, you mentioned that inconsistency that that's the concern is yeah. Okay. Can he play like he did, you know, I guess he came in February that last month and a half, two months. Can he do that for a month at a time? Probably. But can he do it over the course of a season is a big question that we haven't seen since that one year in Brooklyn uh, when they, and truly they weren't, I mean, they were competitive that year, but they weren't, you know, competing for anything in the playoffs or contender or anything like that. So um can he do that? on a competitive team in a West that's a lot more competitive than the West, the East that he was in that year. I'm not sure. Um, the, the talk a lot this year has been, or this off season, I should say is, uh, has been about the Mavs replacing Jalen Brunson's production. I don't think that's a huge issue with, cause you've got Spencer Dinwiddie. He's going to replace some of that production. The question is who's going to replace Spencer Dinwiddie's production on that. What, uh, you know, the minutes that he's not going to get now. So, sure. you know, he he's moved up in the depth chart one spot. There's no one to move into his spot. So I think that's where, you know, I think Spencer Dinwiddie can do a f- pretty good uh, Jalen Brunson impersonation. I think he'll, he'll be fine in that sense. I looked up, I was concerned about, uh, you know, Brunson was really big for the Mavericks in the mid-range, which is a huge thing because they're going to try and get to the rim. They're going to try and shoot three-pointers. But when things break down, uh, you need a guy who can hit a mid-range shot or two. Uh, obviously well, that's going to be Doncic most of the time, but Brunson was able to do that last year for the Mavs a lot.
0: Um, well, he does a the the thing the things I'm interested in seeing Dinwiddie do more of is drives and drawing fouls, which he did a really nice job with with the Mavericks last year. Um in those twenty three games. He averaged four point seven free throws, uh, which is really, really good. Uh the thing that I'm concerned about is the three point shooting where yeah. He has been an abhorrent three-point shooter throughout his career. He's a 32% three-point shooter. Uh, last year at the Mavericks, he shot 40%. We obviously saw him hit huge shots in the playoffs after being ungodly bad, first of on the stretches. And so does the shot come and go? And better yet does whether the shot is hitting affect how the rest of his game translates because it's okay to miss shots so long as you're doing other things while you're out there on the floor and at the moment I'm just a little nervous about that particularly with some of the the lackluster preseason uh performances that we saw but I mean again it's preseason
1: yeah him, him he you know that it was just a 25 game sample like, I think he did he shoot like 41% or something for three yeah. During that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was good. Again, I can't see him shooting like that for a whole season, but I mean, what would be a, what would be a respectable three point percentage for him? Give me, give me 35,
0: like 34, 35
1: average, like league average. I think that's enough. That's what the Mavericks need.
0: And it's silly because when you talk about these things, you talk about them over. So it's like on a per game basis, he shot four and a half threes. So when when you're when you're talking about that with the with you know the the totals here so he made and and granted guys this is like some heavy math shit so I apologize but it's you know he shot 104 threes with the Mavericks in the regular season and he hit 42 of them. So if he would have hit instead like 36 know his percentage goes down so it's like we're not talking about that many more made threes over the course of the season is what i'm getting at it's just a few more here and there and he can't have these stretches where he's not able to hit anything uh i'm sure that will happen but it's a matter of how do the mavericks sort of battle through that because i think that for as much as fans love spencer this season i think there's going to be a lot of not like open eyes but like he's just going to be he's going to be high key a frustrating guy from from game to game yeah. We had a really uh, small sample of Spencer
1: and uh, now we're going to get the full, full complement of everything. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, maybe, you know, it's a, he has brought up the fact that last year was his first year back from the ACL surgery. Um, and we all know, you know, it, usually those guys don't uh, recover very well until the year after that. So yes, maybe the
0: Mavericks are the beneficiaries of that second year recovery for, from the ACL injury. So, which is what I, I think one of the biggest things we can hope for. So, from a guy who we're expecting a little bit or a lot of inconsistency to probably the single most consistent Maverick on the roster, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith is is he signed a contract extension with the Mavericks uh, for three years, probably locking him up to being one of the most valuable players uh, in the in the NBA dollar for dollar. He has been with the Mavericks for all six of his NBA seasons. Uh, and he's looked, looking to be sort of a Mav for life. Uh, Dorian played outstanding last year. The, it, these last three years for the Mavericks, particularly as Luca has come into his own, has really uh, – the Dorian Finney-Smith uh, has been part of the the tide that has risen, and he just continues to play better and better, and the Mavericks are able to get more and more out of him. And, you know, last year was the year he started putting the ball on the floor a little bit more. I was just so impressed with Dorian Finney-Smith and I, I really don't have a lot to add outside of the fact that I am, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play basketball.
1: Yeah. Um, I would have to admit being really wrong on Dorian Finney-Smith a couple of times over the past couple of years, because as, as late as January, I think December or January of last year, I was like, Hey, maybe, you know, he, he's valuable. Let's trade him. The season seems like it's pretty meh, you know, like we're going to end up in the first round loss anyway, Go ahead and trade Dorian Finney-Smith and maybe get a first-round pick for him. Well, obviously that's wrong. Uh, you know, I he's super valuable to the Mavericks. Um, they can't replace what he does uh, just with anybody. Um, I you know his shooting keeps going up. I mean, it's, it went up slightly, like a hundredth of a point last year, but he still improved his three-point shooting, um, and, and that's pretty crazy going from a guy. He because I think. First couple years in the league, he was like twenty one to twenty six percent from three, yeah. and on a pretty good volume too. I mean, uh, I mean his so. his
0: third year in the league. I'm looking at this now because this was a year I lost my mind. He played eighty one games in eighteen nineteen, so that's Luca's rookie season. He shot three threes a game and hit uh, hit at thirty one percent. Okay, so for total volume, just for total volume in that same season eighteen nineteen, he shot. 254 threes and hit just 80 of them. Wow. Um, and then the next year he comes in. And if you you the game log is pretty important for 1920, he started shooting like 40% in the new year, if if I'm remembering this correctly. And he shot third, he shot 38% for the season. And then these last two seasons, he shot 39%. I mean, just a remarkable level of consistency on increasing volume uh throughout the year. And he's just, he's been outstanding. Nothing, you know, there's really no way around it.
1: Yeah, I my my only critique of him would be he needs to when he gets an open three pointer just needs to really start hitting those at a higher rate, um, because because his three point shooting percentage is really basically his open and wide open three point shooting percentage. He gets uh, some
0: of the most open looks
1: in the league. Yeah, yeah. So if he and we would really help the Mavericks as far as their spacing going, if he would start hitting those open shots at like a forty four to forty five percent um, uh, clip instead of what he's doing right now, which is like 41. Um, that could, because what's going on is he is, um, defenses are still leaving him open despite the fact that he's pretty much known as a good shooter. Now he's still getting left open his like 61% of his shots. I think last season were either open or wide open, Um uh, compared that, let's say to a really like a elite shooter, like Seth Curry his open or wide open shots were 40%. So yeah. if for some reason, he you know, he could just start even like, let's say open up the season, maybe on a hot streak. I think that would put the fear into the defenses and they would collapse on him a little bit harder when the ball is kicked out to him. And that would, you know, open up more space in the paint for Luca and uh, the other guys who want to drive.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, Lucas, you know, Dorian is just such a, such a valuable player and I'm going to be, he's he's probably the most tradable asset on the roster past luca and and they'd be nuts to move him at this point yeah uh, can't, all can't get right return on value for him so now we come to earlier i mentioned uh spencer dimwitty as the 1b x factor so the 1a x factor for me is christian wood uh matthew phillips wrote the player preview for him and really takes a the bullet on uh, what to expect out of Christian Wood, who has played kind of his entire career in weird situations. Things just haven't come out correct in the wash for him. He's on a contract year. And the the honest to goodness answer is for if if he wants to remain in the NBA, he needs to accept the role that the Mavericks have placed upon him, play basketball to the best of his abilities, and really just play hard. And I think everything works itself out. Luka Doncic has, will help make Christian Wood an unreasonable amount of money because Christian Wood is a very talented basketball player that doesn't necessarily seem to be able to get out of his own way in a career sense, uh, very inconsistent in terms of effort and things like that, but just overflows with talent. And if the Mavericks are going to make a run in some way in the Western Conference, I think it will be if uh, Christian Wood – sort of takes the the Antoine Jameson role from way back in the day when he was a Mavericks bench player, exploits it, and really becomes like a six-man-of-the-year candidate and makes a case for starting. Uh, I, I, just, I think really highly of his ability to play basketball. It's just, is he going to put the first thing first? Because if he's so concerned about a contract, which by all whisperings and accounts he really is, Then it's going to be a problem for him this year. If he can just let his basketball do the talking, I think he's going to be just fine.
1: Yeah, he can. All he needs to do is score on offense. The defense will come later. I know the defense is probably going to hold him back as far Mm -hmm. as minutes goes, uh, but I just don't think uh, it's possible for him to really pick up to the defensive level that kid's going to want uh, until maybe like January or February of this year. Uh, So what he can do to basically, you know force kid to keep him on the court is just really eat on the offensive end, uh, hit the, he's going to get a ton of open three pointers. He's going to get a ton of open, like rolls to the lane. If he can do that, then it's going to, you know, it's going to be impossible for kid to keep him off the floor. They'll, they can figure out the defensive stuff. I, again, I know kids going to like really hammer on the defense and I think he will earlier too. Uh, you know, he, he seems to really focus on that, you know, focus on the defense, uh, you know well, I don't know how I'm trying to say it is he he's he wants to focus on the defense early in the season and then eventually just yeah. gives it away to the offense as the season goes along. The defense so, is
0: harder to connect because it requires reps it requires yeah. you know tinkering and it requires process functioning in a way that um the offense because Luca is so good at offense right it's it's less of a um. It's, it's just less of an issue compared, compared to the two. Like, they'll figure yeah, Wood, out their offense. They did Wood's last gonna, year.
1: Yeah, Wood's going to get so many open shots that, you know, just did not come the last year in Houston, um, you know, and, and other places he played. I'm sure – I think he got a few games with James Harden, you know, so uh, he's going to get shots that he's never gotten before, and they're just going to be wide open. Three-pointers are going to be just walks it to the rim. Um, easy lobs, you know, so uh, he – he can, he's going to put up numbers on offense sure. and that's where like he needs to focus on. It's just like, Hey, like you said, be everywhere. He needs to be, Really developed that chemistry with Luca, um, because again, I just don't see him—a uh, guy who struggled on defense everywhere in the past—just coming in and immediately being a great defensive player sure. uh, on a team, you know, a new defensive scheme.
0: So, well, and and the bench role that he's going to be starting the season with, six-man type guy, gives him an opportunity to play against lesser talented, uh, uh, you know, the the sixth, seventh, eighth men on other teams. Yeah, and he can take advantage of that if he focuses. And that's gonna lead. That could theoretically lead to a change in role. Like these things tend to work themselves out if you just do the things within your control, which is you know starts and ends with with playing hard. So I'm low key at the moment. I feel bullish on his on his uh, you know outcome, but it is up to him yeah. if, if he doesn't want that role or he lets other things get in the way. Then the Mavericks are not gonna deal with that, and then he won't be a Maverick. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty straightforward there and they don't have
1: a ton invested in him i think that's what people a lot of people would you know expect him to just walk into this like all-star role Um, uh, there's a reason he was available for a late first round pick and just salary exchange you know um so it, it it's up to him to go out there and grab you know do the things that he's supposed to do and then because the the big thing is i think the highest ceiling for the mavericks is Christian Wood playing the five in the playoffs? Um, I, I think at least for you know a good chunk of the minutes, I think that's their high ceiling. But that's going to you know depend on him being able to handle those defensive minutes at the five. And early on, they're just not going to trust him to do that. But it's up to him to prove that he can do that. And if and if he is their starting five for a, you know a playoff series or two, then yeah, he's going to get that contract he wants.
0: Well, not much more to be said there about Wood, though. I, I really am looking to, looking forward to see him play basketball. The glimpses we've gotten in preseason were a lot of fun. So that leaves us with the most obvious candidate that we haven't discussed and Luka Doncic. Uh, I wrote the player preview for him. I think there's an opportunity, or if, if you don't consider it an opportunity, there's a likelihood that Luka Doncic plays one of the highest usage seasons of NBA history. Uh, where he might be an MVP candidate just based on the fact of how much he has the ball and the numbers he puts up. Uh, My friend Matt Moore said on a podcast we did last week that he has bets down for Luca to lead the Mavericks, or not the Mavericks, the NBA, in scoring and assists. He just thinks that they're going to have to run everything through him because of the aforementioned sort of ball-handling challenges. Luca comes into shape or into camp in shape for the first time since the 2019-20 season. There's real no reason – outside of maybe his own focus that the Mavericks aren't shouldn't get off to a great start. I am I'm really ready to see Luka Doncic play basketball again. He does so many weird and fun things and is so impossible to guard and impossible to really describe when you're covering him. I know that there are people out there that really don't like how he plays and my opinion is those people haven't actually watched him play. It's more of a, a preconceived notion. I get that he complains too much, but past that, watching Luca play basketball is really, really fun. And why I do this Yeah. He,
1: the passes that he's able to make it's, it's insane. It's, you know, we, we we talked about it on Friday that so we think you know there's a there's this trend where Luca makes an amazing pass out to the three point line and the guy who catches the pass can't knock down the shot and we were talking on Friday that hey maybe it's just because they don't expect this pass coming because sometimes it comes out of nowhere and maybe they're just not ready for it and that split second of like hesitation throws them off because sometimes I mean like it, it's we've all been watching basketball for a long time and he just hits angles that I've never seen before it's crazy yep. so I can I you know I can absolutely see it. yeah they're going to have to run everything through him. My only concern with um, him winning an MVP would uh, be their, you know, um, standings, you know, um, Jokic won it with the six seed last year. Um, and there was a lot of discussion about that. I wonder if there would be hesitation to hand it to a, a guy who's like, you know, fourth, fifth, fifth, six seed again. Um, but it just depends on the numbers of the guys ahead of him, you know, um, but yeah, there, there's certainly a good reason to think that he's going to take home that MVP and lead. I don't know if he'll. I don't know if he'll ever lead the NBA in scoring. I just don't. I mean, it's probably, I mean, if he, he wanted to, he could the argument.
0: argument. The argument is, is just that they're going to have to increase usage to where he'll be like 32 to 33 points a game up. Cause I mean, last year after the, after the all, not all-star break, the final 44 games of the season, he averaged 29.7 points a game. Like it was something absurd. So That's true. you, you get him up and it's like, what was NBA scoring leaders 2022? What was it last year? Um, was it? If he's 29, he's probably close. Yes. So it's like the 21-22 season for last year for points, points per game. Joel Embiid was at 30.6 and he was the leader. So it's you're this is because you're old like me, where you remember (laughs) the Kobe Bryant seasons where he was pouring in 35 a game. So it's like, man, how's he going to do? Because I agree. Like, I don't know if Luca ever gets there. But if Luca can get to the free throw line, you know, eight and a half times a game instead of seven, that one and a half points app, you know, and assuming he can finally actually get his free throws up yeah, to about eighty percent, there's yeah. a real chance. There's a real chance for Luca to do to do all this. Yeah. Um you know, past that, just just if he can focus on defense and shut his mouth around the rest a little more, those are about the yeah. only two things that I could really think, cool. you know, he's I would say
1: the big thing is maybe running more. I mean, we've talked about this for like 2 or 3 years now with Luca. They don't want to run. We thought maybe it was a Carlisle thing and they actually got slower with Jason Kidd. Um it's a weird thing if you, you know, uh, watched him in uh the Eurobasket, he, you know, he would grab a rebound and take off or get the ball down the court at least pass it down the court, you know, for an outlet pass. Um and they just seem to have no interest in doing that. And I just think that would be a really I mean, they 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 have this tendency sometimes, and especially in close games against quality teams to have to go into the half court and grind out possessions down to like the last two or three seconds on the shot clock. And it would be super nice for, you know, the Mavericks just score a few easy points off of Luca grabbing the rebound and then kicking the ball down the court Um, again, for whatever reason, they just have not seem interested in doing that at all i would like to see that more
0: well i think a lot of that and and i have a follower um harold who messages me about his mavs thoughts as a lot of you do out there but he had a really interesting thought like line of thinking the other night and i tend to agree with it That almost all that is based off of luca i think we used to blame rick but i don't think luca wants to run i would like for luca to kick it ahead more which is is one thing that's not that's not necessarily running but i don't think we're ever going to get like luca Doncic really up um in terms of of like pushing the pace he just it's just not his it's not his dna which is weird because he plays for one of the best fast break point guards of cool. all time
1: and he does it in international play a little bit so i don't True. know
0: he does a lot of kick ahead stuff though and see that's what i want to see more of yeah. which is like if you get freaking guys you get you know spencer Dinwiddie up on you know running on the break you know do the kick ahead pass like so let's yeah. see what happens so well you know this has been great half it's just under a half hour I talked about five guys I can't really think of anything else I want to hit on I'm, I'm you know we're we're just as we're recording we got you know 70 something hours until is being played again. I'm looking forward to that do you have any uh any parting shots for us
1: uh just looking forward to the season um yeah that, I, that's all I got it's, uh go bills I'm sorry sorry. I'm wow, sorry okay. yeah. yeah. was was you can't see it, but I'm wearing the Bills shirt. That was a really that was a really good <laughs> game. Um I, yeah. I really every time they play it's a fun, fun game. So
0: well, and, and it's it's weird, like this is a basketball-related thought, but like when I watch cornerbacks like try to contain wide receivers, particularly on like route running, it reminds me of, of point of attack defense for whoever is is you know guarding in basketball, where it's you're basically trying to stay within range of the ball handler, yeah. and there's just a couple of times in that football game where it just did not happen for for chiefs defense stuff where it's like there's it a little bit of a role reversal where last year's team uh the chiefs just run past the bills instead this year the bills just run past the chiefs so yeah. well there's some football talk to end your end your podcast with guys i know that's what you were really waiting on uh this has <laughs> been uh kirk henderson and ben zadell i'll be back I don't know. i'll be back at some point with something i'm really bad about scheduling but i always come up with content Uh, this has been Kirk and Ben at Mavs Moneyball. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the rest of your week.